I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. What's up, guys? Hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally, and I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. And like today and always, I'm joined by my husband and co-host, Josiah Josiah, how are you doing? I'm doing great. We're burning the midnight oil. I'm just kidding. We usually record it in, in like the morning or the afternoon. It's like 7.30. So this is, this is, I'm doing great. We're alive. We're doing well. How are you, Micah? I'm doing well. The babies are down. They're sleeping. So I will take it as long as we can, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, Josiah, we have some very special guests that we've been wanting to talk to, pick their brain, hear from them. So it is a husband and a wife. And who is behind the scenes today, Josiah? Yeah, guys, it's a joy to come into your earbuds or your car stereo or wherever you're listening to with this podcast. And we're joined today for an interview conversation with Gabe and Marissa Thomas. And Gabe and Marissa have been attending Watermark Church in Stillwater, Minnesota since 2014. After volunteering for a while, they, they came on staff at Watermark to work with young adults, life groups, and missions. Mm-hmm. They're passionate about reaching people in Stillwater and around the world with the gospel and helping people grow in their relationships with God. Fun story is as of this past weekend, my younger sister just moved to Stillwater. Right. So it's a beautiful city. We were just there. And uh, my younger sister and her husband, they bought a house. So Jerusha and Joe, if you're listening, hi guys. And Gabe and Marissa, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you you so much. We are so honored to be here. Well, we look forward to hearing more from, from you as a couple, you as young adult ministry leaders. And many of our listeners today, they find themselves in a very similar position as you. Maybe you're in a smaller community, maybe you're in a smaller town, and God has just truly placed a passion for young adult ministry on your heart. And you guys are a prime example of that. So we're just going to kick off. So if you're a listener and you have no idea who this couple is, well, you're about to find out how amazing they truly are. So I'm just going to ask you guys, we're going to kick it off. Will you start off by sharing your story of maybe how you met, when you got married, and your journey into ministry? Well, we met at North Central in downtown Minneapolis. Uh, We were both part of the missions program, and we both played soccer. So she was on the women's team, I was on the men's team. And I pretty much loved Gabe from the day I saw him. (laughs) What's not to love? (laughs) I knew knew right away that that this was going to happen. I just had to work for it a little bit. Um, and yeah, like Gabe said, we were both in the intercultural studies department. So we both kind of had that missions call in our life. And then shortly after we graduated in 2014, we got married. So that's kind of how we got together. Yeah. So our goal was missions. So our idea was probably one to two years, probably two years after, uh, we would head over overseas. Um, our goal was to get a master's degree from Marissa. So she did get that. That was super exciting. In um, in, teaching uh, English as a second language. Yeah. Awesome. And then doing carpentry on the side to try and pay off some school loans. And then uh, we were uh, actually living up in Lindstrom at my parents' house. Uh, they were on the mission field, so we got to stay in their place. And uh, we started going to Watermark, and we absolutely loved it. Um, it felt like home. And uh, we kept serving there. We kept growing there. And about, I think it was a year and a half, maybe two years in, we were like, uh, God, like, what is your goal for us? It was getting to that point in time where we thought we were going to go on the mission field. And we're like, God, what do you want us to do? 
and we felt like you said we want you uh to grow where you're planted which was at watermark and it was uh pretty soon after that that we felt like we were supposed to be there and jarvis asked us to be on staff pretty soon after that and it was a confirmation to us that we need to serve at watermark and grow at watermark and uh yeah we were super excited that's really fun speaking of your pastor jarvis glancer he was on an episode not too long ago, talked about church planting with him, talked about just as a lead pastor's perspective, why young adult ministry is so important. Mm -hmm. And he just had so many amazing things to say about the young adult ministry, about you guys. And Mike and I have known you. I, I go back as far as I can remember attending Cedar Valley growing up with Rissa. <laughs> like we were in the same Sunday school class. And so like we went to North Central at the same time, all three of us. And, um, you know, many of our, our listeners might find themselves in a spot you guys gave them, Marissa, where they could relate or resonate with you guys as maybe feeling a call to the mission field, maybe being bivocational ministers right now. And we love this. And can you go there and, and share about that aspect of your life of doing ministry within the local church and also, you know, working jobs and launching businesses mm -hmm. and stuff like that? Yeah, so Gabe works full-time construction. Um, I was working full-time at our district office here in Minnesota with the youth department there um, up until I had Eleanor, our first daughter. So I'm part-time there now. And I just launched a really small business <laughs> um, of website design as well. So I do that on the side too. Um, and so, yeah, we stay really busy. Um, and I think it, it kind of just stemmed from our heart was to be a part of the church and volunteer before we were even on staff. So um, bivocational ministry flowed kind of naturally from that. But yeah, we do have other stuff that we do. And so. Yeah, I think something huge that we've been learning is how to balance a calendar and a schedule. Uh, that's been huge. I mean, we work, I work 40 hours. Um, Marissa used to work 40 hours and then having a kid, having to uh, designate church time. And I mean, I'm coaching at Stillwater right now. So trying to figure out and I got to get a house project done. So we, <laughs> yeah. it's been busy. So that's kind of been our whole time at Watermark, um, trying to figure out how to make time for family, for friends, for young adults, um, and for each one of our ministries. So that's been a huge, huge part of uh, our life. Um, and I actually love working um, construction. It's been huge. Uh, probably 98% of the people are not Christians. So it's, it's a crazy world. And I absolutely love uh, kind of getting to experience that and to minister to them. Um, it's been crazy and uh, pretty special the, the moments I've had with some of the guys on the construction sites and just even texts that they've sent me. So I, I love it. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It's there are some things that are more difficult. Um, like sometimes we feel this pull of we can't fully invest our heart or even our mind into our ministry because we have other things that take up so many hours of our week. Um, so that part we don't really love, but it's been cool to learn how to balance that and just to see how much we really can accomplish in ministry while we're also working. Um, and I think one major perk of it is that we don't see ministry as our job. It's like, our it's jobs a, is where benefit. we go. Yeah. yeah, we make money, but like ministry is just the fun stuff we get to do. And so I think it's helped us keep a really good perspective in that way. Um, but we are excited for the day where we <laughs> are no yeah. longer bivocational. Yeah. But for now, this is where we're called and this is this is what we're doing. So I think it's just a beautiful illustration of what does a mission field actually mean and what does a mission field look like? 
Well, for Gabe, it is you literally, you're on the mission field every day, 40 hours a week, whether you realize it or not, those construction workers, they're looking to you, they're, they're watching you, they're observing you from the Truly. language that you use to your, you know, to the things that you say and how you come across. Like, if that's not preparation for full-time ministry, I don't know what is. <laughs> so even for the listener, like, at least want to encourage you today, like, by vocational ministry and you in the marketplace, it can be done. And sometimes God has us there to prepare us for a ministry or the marketplace in a sense that we may have never thought that we would ever be with such intensity because of what we've been through in the process of discovering and like unfolding and seeing God's plan play out. And many of our listeners, we always have to ask the why question. Why do we do what we do? And sometimes when you're in those situations, particularly maybe a listener, if you're bivocational, maybe you're like, why am I still stuck in this workplace? Why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? And that's a season where God really peels back the layers of our heart and exposes the true why do we desire and why do we do what we do, whether it's ministry or marketplace. So I would ask both of you, what is your personal why in regards to why you do what you do? Yeah, um, we both felt, uh, I mean, just the bottom line of why we do why we do what we do is just the, the call that we had on our lives. So when I was younger, I think I was 12. I was at family camp. I was in my third service of the day, oh probably God. forced to be there by my dad. <laughs> and it was a mission service and Pastor Clarence St. John was speaking at the service and he called forward all the children. Um, just side note, something that I love about our district is that we focus on youth and kids and young adults and we put yeah. time and energy into that. So yeah. Um, Anyways, he called forward all the kids under a certain age. And so I went forward to the altar and I just felt God <clears throat> really clearly speak to me that this will be your future. Um, it was at a mission service. We had a missions little convention thing right after. Um, but yeah, so from then on, I knew that was the end goal. And um, so it's just been my goal since then to be obedient to that call and it's looked a little bit different than than I thought you know in that service I thought by the time I'm probably 22 I'll be over in Uganda or China or you know somewhere living abroad and um, doing life overseas what I thought of as a typical AGWM missionary mm -hmm. um, but yeah it, it has looked different but we just strive to have obedience every day and I know Gabe had a similar call so want to share that story? Yeah, I uh, woke up in the middle of the night when I was 11, and I felt distinctly that God was saying, I want you to be a missionary. So I woke up my parents and told them. And um, so that's been on the, the, the forefront of my mind. Uh, when I went to North Central, uh, like Marissa said, uh, we were in the missions program. Um, and as of right now, like I said, we feel like we're supposed to grow where we're planted, and that's Watermark. So we're doing our best to invest in Watermark to grow in all of our skill sets, figure out how to lead, how to uh, um, learn new skills, how to develop our, our skill sets. So it's been fun. I mean, we've been doing our best to invest and grow and, and serve at Watermark and the, yeah. to the best of our ability. So. I think that's really cool, you guys, especially in like a global economy that right now um, missions has like it's looking different in the future than it's ever looked in the past. And also like the rise of BAM, like the concept of businesses missions, mm -hmm. or you even look at like the, <clears throat> the gig economy and the fact that more and more workers are, are having less full-time jobs and more 
part-time jobs and, and I just look at like all the different things that you touched on, I would think to the college student or the person considering like what your why is or trying to discover a call to ministry or missions or the marketplace, um, it might not be one thing 40 hours a week. It might be that mm -hmm. you're a multi-career, multi-potentialite. And I just love that about you guys. I love the aspect of what you said of being faithful in everything that you're right. doing. And that leads us to like one of the things that you guys are passionate about that we share a passion for is young adult ministry. And you lead many things in your, your marriage, your family that's mm -hmm. growing, and you know, then even your work. And then you look at like even within Watermark, you're leading missions, you're leading um, life groups, and then young adult ministry. I would just ask you guys the question, like, what makes you passionate about maybe college students mm. or young adult ministry, like that age group specifically? Well, it's, it's crazy to see the need. Um, like, we have some of the most incredible young adults at Watermark. They are so loving, so passionate. I mean, they'd stay at your house until 2, 3 a.m. every night if they could. Um, <laughs> they're, they're so fun. Um, so that passion has just continued to, continued to grow in our lives and in our ministry, and it's been so great. Even though it wasn't our original plan, it's, it's so fun to just be a part of it, and we love it. Yeah, and I think part of it, too, is just um, when we came to Watermark and when Pastor Jarvis asked us to be on staff, one of the things that was a, a passion point for us was just we want to lift your arms um, mm -hmm. as the lead pastor of this church, and so how can we come alongside you and do that? And one of those things was the young adult ministry. It was like, I think Pastor Jarvis said on when he was on the podcast, um, it was happening a little bit, but it wasn't really structured and it wasn't um, necessarily where it could be. And so for us to be able to come in and just be like, hey, how can we help? Um, that was huge. And then also as we've, as we've done this and as we've worked towards the goal of growing this ministry, it has been so um, just cool to see and to help these young adults find a community that they didn't have before. Um, one, of our, one of our most involved young adults, her name is Shay. We're both in their wedding in October, actually. I think you guys met them at the conference. They're, um, they're amazing yeah. and such fun people. Oh my yeah, God. They're literally the best. So anyways, we had her wedding shower this past weekend. And at the end, she stood up and she just was thanking us for throwing it. And, um, you know, all the little details. And she said, she said, I am so thankful for Watermark and the community that I found here. It was something that I didn't even know that I was missing. Wow. And um, I think she knew who God was before, but didn't really have a relationship with Christ and didn't have the the friendships and really the family feel that, that we have as an atmosphere for our young adults. And so just even hearing stories like that and watching these people slowly become more and more committed to our group, that has ignited a passion in me. Like I want to do that for so many more people and, um, I just want to see people have a community like that and find a community like that. So that's one of the big things that, that we strive to do and that helps keep our passion going. Yeah. yeah I and think, I think of, Oh, go ahead. Gabe, go ahead. All right. I was just going to add one last thing. Um, like studies show that like up to seven, 70% of young adults after high school stop going to church. Mm -hmm. um, so to give them a place within Chi Alpha or a young adult ministry is so huge. Yeah. Um, a place where they can get involved, they can build relationships um, and have a community. I think that's so, so amazing and so perfect, a system that you can have in place to transfer youth group students to Chi Alpha or to young adult ministries. I think that's huge. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's super fun to see people how they're able to stay connected to the local church or stay connected to a community. Because so many times, like Gabe, you just nailed it on the head. 66.6 or almost 70% of young adults are saying like, well, there's nothing for me. Peace. I'm out. And then they find themselves in a, you know, in a dark valley or on a road that they never anticipated after being on fire for God, or maybe having those altar call moments every summer, or maybe it's every Sunday, like they've dedicated themselves to the Lord. Like, yes, I asked Jesus into my heart again, it's 52 times a year, you know, like you have those students and then you have those, um, those students who see that continuation. And a lot of the times I've heard of a majority of people who see a need for a church to have a young adult ministry are the young adults, you know? So for Jarvis, Pastor Jarvis to come to you guys, he saw a need, he's wanting to meet that need and say, hey, we wanna provide a community. You guys are a young, fresh couple and you guys have a heart for this. How can we do that? And one thing that I always look for, I always look for fun in ministry. And I'm like, if you're, if this is youth 2.0, I'm probably not gonna be there. But if it's a community that is consistent where we can have fun, do life, hang out, play games, you know, all to all hours of the night, I'll be there. And one thing that you guys truly exude is fun. I agree completely. And yeah, so you're fun to be around. You're fun to talk with. There's never a dull moment. It's so fun to see what God is doing in and through you and your home and the ministry. So we know that you guys work hard with both and all of your jobs and yet enjoy life and you're enjoying the ministry and the, the call that God has placed on your life. So can you talk about just like, just all of that? Like, how do you still have fun, manage life and know that you're on mission? Cause I think sometimes if you're, if, if anybody's like me, I really hone in on one and the other two just kind of get lost in my peripheral. So how do you keep all of that in front of you within the season that you guys are currently in as leaders? Uh, we fake it well. That's, that's the truth. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, Smiles are real, right? <laughs> no, honestly, working for Jarvis and Jane and being a part of this young adult ministry, they all make it so easy. Um, our young adults are incredible. Like, it, they make it fun. They make it a fun job. Jarvis and Jane make it a fun job. We absolutely yeah. love working for them and being a part of this ministry. So. Yeah, I think part of it is just, honestly, our staff are some of our very closest friends. And if you've ever met any of our staff, you know that they are just a really fun crew of people to be around. Um, So that definitely helps when you're excited to go to a staff meeting. Like, I don't hear that very often. Usually it's like the eye roll and like, oh, I gotta go sit in another meeting. We are genuinely, like, excited to to show up to a staff meeting and just get to hang out with our people. Um, That's what it feels like. It's like, these are our people. So I think that's definitely part of it. And then going back to the, um, the bivocational conversation, just it helps that, you know, this is the thing that we get to do, that we, we didn't ever think we would be on staff at a church in Minnesota. Minnesota is where I grew up. It's my home. It's where all my people are. Um, and so just getting to do that, even though it looks a little different, you know, we thought we're going to be overseas, whatever, but changing the perspective and knowing what's important to us is that everyday obedience. And if I can honestly, um, in my prayer life, say, Lord, I'm obedient every day and I'm gonna just do my very best at what you put in front of me. I think that makes it, that makes life fun. You know, Mm -hmm. just doing what you know you're supposed to do. Um, But also, you know, keeping on mission. And so I think that's probably how we, (laughs) how we keep the fun alive. (laughs) I think you said something that's key, Marissa, like 
looking at it as you get to do it and it's, it's ministry and this is going to be fun and we get to surround ourselves with fun people. And I think that serving God should always be fun if we are obedient and we have the right attitude and there's still going to be things that maybe we don't enjoy the most or are challenging at times. But I think that if we can keep that in focus, that'll help a lot. And, you know, we see a lot of different, like, for example, Watermark was a church plant not all that long mm-hmm. ago. And so there's people who might be planting a church or a part of a church plant that are listening. And then also just like a variety of different settings of young adult ministry. And so um, can you guys just share about like, what does the ministry to young adults look like at Watermark in Stillwater? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So Jarvis's first expectation for us, it was pretty small. He wanted us to have <laughs> one event each month. And so that's what we did. Um, we started hanging out with people. We would um, have bonfires. You would go to Top Golf. We'd have game nights. We'd go hang out at a park. We did pretty much anything you could think of. So that's how it all started. Um, we also developed a lead team. So we took a group from our most invested people. Uh, we got a married couple with kids. We got a married couple without kids. We got single people. We've got. Um, just people who are dating. So we get all of their perspectives, all their ideas, and then it help, helps us plan out our months, our events for the year. And we would meet, we usually meet two to three times a year, maybe four times. That's kind of the goal. And then we just plan out our events and then we get their calendars and make sure that they can make it to our events so that we have a core group of people at every event. So that's kind of how we started. Yeah, and then um, from there, we've also been able to develop life groups. So um, we have our lead team, not all of them, but a couple of them leading life groups. We've tried a couple different models where we say like, can you do a men's, you do a women's and we'll do a couples or something like that. So we're kind of hitting every area, Mm -hmm. um, have people spread out. This last round we did all corporate. So we had all of our young adults together at our church's operations center. Um, And then we did like kind of a video study and then break it up by tables. So we still had table leaders and then we would just do like a little share at the beginning and then break off into your groups type of thing. Um, So we have life groups and then we also started implementing a service. So that was kind of our goal with that was to just let's have one big fun event that kind of kicks off the fall and then kicks off the spring. Um, We felt like two was manageable with our budget and our group size and our other goal with that was to kind of bring in the Stillwater community. We have a probably 10 churches in our area. Um, of just different denominations and there's even a few AG churches that are within a decent driving distance and so we invited tons of churches and so we're just trying to connect with other pastors in our area and provide a space for young adults even if they don't attend our church and not that we want them to um, you know we'd love to have them but we're not trying to take them from other churches we're just trying to provide a space where hey let's have one night where we can all come together we can worship together we can see how many of us there really are in this area. So after doing this for a couple of years, like Gabe said, we've kind of boiled it down to the four things. We have um, our monthly events. So we still have hung on to that, just a fun time to connect. We have our lead team and that's a group of about 10 that helps us plan out events and helps us create buy-in in different areas of um, different like lifestyles, I guess, of people. And then we have our life groups and our services. So that's kind of what we've, worked our calendar and our schedule up to um, for now. But we also know that, especially with the season that we're in, 
we have to be flexible. And yeah. so that might be different <laughs> next month if we had a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. One of the things I love that you had mentioned um, before too, Marissa, is like with life groups, you've done things all together. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the challenges is young adults love being together. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we'll talk to ministries or we've experienced it where there's, you know, a handful of life groups that meet on different nights of the week or all across mm -hmm. the city. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that you just shared a cool idea is that you gather at the church operation center, do something together and then break it up by table which naturally flows into like a small group feel. You could have a table leader. And I think that that scratches the itch of people who want to meet new people mm -hmm. or young adults who like with group multiplication as the group grows, it's so hard to be like, oh, but we, but we love them. We, we want to see them. We, we like talking <laughs> to them. So I know that Micah had a follow-up question to that as well. Well, I was just thinking in regards to many people who are listeners are coming from like three different demographics. One, they're trying to start a brand new young adult ministry and they're like, there's two of us. <laughs> and then the second group is, Hey, I'm taking over an existing ministry. How do I, how do I be in tune with the Holy spirit? How do I brand this well? And how do I get people on board while casting vision? And then you have people who, what's my third category? Brain fart. I'd say like, you know, starting, like you said, and maybe taking over an existing one. And maybe a third group would be like people, people who've led for a while and they've hit like a rut or they're hitting right. a plateau and they're just like trying to push past plateaus and, and like strengthen an existing ministry. Yeah. So that was, those are the three that kind of come to mind that we really want to target. And those are the people who are kind of listening. So what would you guys say and what advice would you have for the listener who's maybe just starting out in a young adult ministry? And what advice would you share with them today? No matter where, small town, big city, where do they begin? Uh, number one, adapt. Uh, <laughs> we had to learn that pretty quick. Our first event, we had two people come. <laughs> We had like and we people. had a good group yeah. of young adults. It wasn't like we there was a, only two in the church. Was it you one game and Marissa two, or were there two others? <laughs> no. Okay, there were four. I'm going to clarify for the listener because they might have been there. <laughs> so when we first started, we we tried to plan everything out. We put everything on a calendar and just expected people to come. Here's the thing about young adults: they can be pretty flaky. Mm -hmm. Honestly, love young adults, but they can be pretty flaky. So. What we did is we created a team that builds buy-in and then they invite more people. We get more people to buy into every event. So that's huge. Um, and go, that goes with that, build a team and then a personal invite works best. Um, we created Facebook pages, we did events, we would send out mass texts. So everybody knew about it, um, but they could just be like, all right, I'm not going. Yeah, and we still do the Facebook stuff. Oh yeah, we, we still do we all do of We do the large group invites, but a personal text to each person works best. Yeah, for sure. It's a lot of work, but it works best. And I would say, um, don't feel like you need a perfect big system right away. I am a total systems person. I want things to work well from the start. Um, that's just my personality type. I am a one on the Enneagram, if any of you are followers of that personality test. Um, so all that to say, I love systems. So when we came in and Jarvis was like, do one event a month. I was like, um, that's it. Like <laughs> we need a little more structure here. Um, and so that almost stressed me out not having very much to do, but we, we came under our leadership and we said, we're just going to start with that. We're going to see how it goes. Um, 
And so we just did the, the one event a month. And from there, we've been able to create this system where we now have life groups all together. We have a lead team that we've put together and that we meet with um, quarterly and we have these services. And so we've just kind of slowly added things as we've grown and as we've seen areas that were short in. But I would say don't feel like you need to start with all those four things right from the very beginning um, and have your, your perfect system in place from day one. Because I, I just think you have to get to know your ministry a little bit. You got to get to know the DNA of the group and figure out what really is lacking in your church and your community. That's perfect. And so let me ask you guys this uh, before we do our, our final thoughts. Like one of the things is you guys get to lead together as a married couple in ministry. And I think that there might be people listening that are dating or wanting to be married and, and that's their dream. So like, they'd love to hear you describe what that's like. And then the other thing is, I think we just see it as a trend that more and more couples are being called to ministry together or wanting to do ministry together. And you each are different people, but you each have different gifts and different strengths that complement each other. And so can you just talk, I know it's off script, but will you guys just talk about what your experience has been like doing ministry together? Yeah, well, in missions, it, it is um, kind of expected. And so that's where, that's where we came from. Um, that's the education that we both received in the intercultural studies department. And they won't even let you go overseas if you're not both fully bought in. So that was just from day one. We both knew we're 100% on board with this. We're both fully bought in. Um, and so when we went to Watermark, that's how it always was. It wasn't like Gabe showed up and I didn't feel like it. Yeah. Whatever. So we've always done everything together. And then when Jarvis asked us to be on staff, we were both already credentialed. We were both you know, serving in similar capacities at the church. And so it's kind of been a natural flow for us. Um, as we've, as we've started to pick up more time at the church, more hours and, um, different responsibilities and more responsibilities, we've started to split that out a little bit because we are Gabe's a nine on the Enneagram. I don't know if yeah. you guys follow that, but yes. we are like total opposites. Yeah. We're polar opposites. Yeah. And so, <laughs> We work well together. We've had to learn how to work well yeah, together. We've had to learn. No, it's been good um, though. But yeah, but we have started to take over some different areas, but we still lead together. Um, so like I said, I'm a little bit more systems minded. So um, I might help more in figuring out, okay, from the backside, how are we going to do this? And yeah, I don't know. It's just... Yeah, I don't do anything. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> He just pretends to have fun, remember? <laughs> he takes it. That is, that is actually the truth. But No, it's it's uh, it's honestly so fun. Um, being able to do it together and do it as a joint team. Like and like I, like she said, we're polar opposites. Like every area that I lack, she can fill that area and then I can fill in where she, she lacks, which she doesn't like anywhere, yeah, of course. Right. But no, it's it's honestly so much fun. We love it. We love getting to work together. Talk for a second about um, your Enneagram types. I know nine is, I'm also looking it up. I don't have them quite memorized. So nine is the peacemaker, Gabe. And then number one is the reformer. Is that right? Yes. And for so long, I felt so bad and so guilty. Everywhere I went, I was like, that could be better. We should do this instead. Like, I just always thought of what could be better. And I'm like, I don't think it's bad. What, what people were was doing was like really awesome, but for some reason that's just always where my mind went. 
so yes, I am a hundred percent a reformer. Um, Gabe, what's what's yours? Nine peacemaker. Yeah, I don't care about anything. <laughs> Yeah. He just wants yeah, to about making the peace, man. That's the name of it. Come on. <laughs> I just see everybody's uh, perspective, and I love to hear everybody's perspective on everything. And I can see every side, and I love just being with people. Um, I can hang out with anybody and try and find a common theme and mm-hmm. just get to know people. I don't know. It it's fun though. Like I've yeah. I've learned to be more of a one, and I feel like she's learned to be more yeah. of a nine. It is so interesting. It's, it's been fun because there's also wings in the Enneagram and our two personality types can wing towards each other. And so since we've been married, I was reading the Enneagram book and um, since we've been married, we both were, we like looked at each other and we're like, I'm becoming like you. (laughs) (laughs) So we picked up some of the others, which has been really good because I have softened a little bit and Gabe's helped me see that there are some things that aren't worth worth reforming. Um, And I've learned to love system. Yeah. I love systems. It's fun. Yeah. planning stuff out and getting things scheduled it's it's nice that's so fun well it's fun to hear that the enneagram there's always positives and negatives to all the different personalities because yeah. i mean you could come across marissa maybe you're like oh my gosh why am i have why am i being so critical this 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 could all be improved you know and you're like why am i like this well you read about yourself you're like oh my gosh they are reading my mail and the game's like, this is not fun. Everybody tell me what you think. Like those people are like kind of like whimsical peacemakers. I'm the challenger. So I'm just like, <laughs> oh, you are. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So that's number eight, right? Yep. Yep. The challenger. So Mike is a number eight and then I'm a 98% number seven, the enthusiast and a 97% number three achiever. So I have okay. some, some strong ex- excited about you know, achieving great things (laughs) where I'm at. Very enthusiastic. Oh my gosh. I love it. Well, it's always fun to hear different personalities and how you as a couple are learning and will always continue to learn how to meld together, how to navigate new waters as leadership grows, as ministry grows, and as you guys grow as a family and as individuals. So it's so fun to ask and hear where you guys fit and how you've been able to just understand each other better, understand yourself better. But we also want to hear and understand a little bit more about you, right, Josiah? What, One layer What deeper. is our favorite part of usually every little segment we have going? You guys are soccer players. So I, I say to anyone who's played baseball that this is our home run derby, but this is the shootout. Did I say that right? Yeah. This <laughs> is the shootout. So this is five questions in five minutes, the final thoughts, five and five. And before we go there, I'll just say we mentioned the Enneagram. And I recently read the book, The Road Back to You. And I'd for sure recommend it if you're looking to become more self-aware, trying to just grow as a leader. That's a great book um, by Ian Morgan Crone, The Road Back to You. And so speaking of that, back to you guys, we're going to go five thoughts in five minutes. Are you up for that challenge? We are. we are ready. All right. You want to kick us off? For Question sure. One. I'm excited here. So if you could describe one another in three words, they could be any three words in any language, what would they be? You go first. Uh, Marissa is the FOMO chick. <laughs> she, she you should is, say what is FOMO. Just uh, fear of missing out. She <laughs> She uh, will stay up. She's the one who stays up with the adults till 2 a.m. I'm like, peace out at 11. I'm like, I'm going to bed. I got to wake up <laughs> at 5. But she'll hang out with people and then be dead the next day. She she loves people, loves to be with people. I would rather be tired out. than miss out for sure. Yeah. 
Um, I would say about Gabe, mine is, mine is a little more serious. <laughs> um, I would say that he is a team building leader. My mind went straight to ministry when I thought of this question. Um, <laughs> that's okay. And I think it does come back to his being a nine. He is like so good at bringing together a team of people who you wouldn't look at and say, oh, they would work so good together. Um, but yeah, he can, he can bring together all different personality types and during COVID, he's had to take over the um, tech team at our church. And so that's been a lot of learning and a lot of different personalities. And he's done such a good job of just being like the glue on that team that that holds it all together, even though he has about, I don't know, 10% tech knowledge. Yeah, I know nothing. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was mine. A team building leader. Fantastic. Okay, question number two. If your phone's ringtone emitted a smell instead of a sound, what would that smell be? I would go with um, one of the Mrs. Meyers hand soaps. Ooh. So probably the peony or lavender smell. All right. I was thinking of food, but I'm pregnant right now and food smells just make me nauseous pretty much the whole time. So <laughs> oh. Oh, no. that's not fun. Oh. Uh, mine would be roasted chestnuts or fresh baked bread. Yum. Ooh. That was a fun random question that I discovered the other day. I asked her it. So that was, that's where that came from. <laughs> question three, this is the curveball or the reverse, you know, the reverse shootout. We're the goalies. We're kicking it to you now. If you guys could ask us anything today, any one question, what would you ask us? This is actually really funny because it's kind of similar to the last question that you guys brought up. Yep. Um, but what I was really wanting to talk to you guys about was, you are both leaders in ministry, you're both pastors, and you guys seem like you work together flawlessly. Um, you know, how, how do you do that? And just, you know, how, how do you make that happen so, so well? <laughs> you know, I think that just like Micah's incredibly mature and really self-aware. So she also has helped me discover things about myself that I didn't even understand that's helped uh, grow me and then I think it's just like when we started our when we started dating we, we had already been friends for over a year so we had a solid friendship and then just really understanding who we are and what we're called to knowing our why mm -hmm. and then we often say it's like it's we mm -hmm. it's not she and it's not me um, I, I just realized that Micah has so many gifts that are beyond mine and, and we have so much more to offer when she's involved. Mm -hmm. And so like, we just love doing ministry together. Sometimes we'll speak at churches and unless one of us is asked specifically, like they book Micah or they book me, we love tag teaming. Right. So we just have found incredible joy, like even tag teaming this podcast together and just recognizing that like. Micah has a brilliant mind, great thoughts, dreams of her own. And it's awesome when I get to support her dreams. Right. And I told her when she launched her book, I said, Micah, I had as much fun as if I wrote this mm -hmm. because that's how invested I am. So I don't know if that answers the question, but that's just where my headspace is at. What would you say? 
I would definitely say when you understand who you are and whose you are, you're confident in the role that God has given you as a spouse, as a ministry leader, um, as the female in the ministry, as a male in the ministry. So I think once you know your weaknesses and your strengths, as well as your partners, where, where I fall short, he rises up. When he's falling short, I can rise up. So I, I think when you understand that and you know that about each other, and, and no relationship's flawless, don't get me wrong, but it's like we have, um, we kind of like reset. So it's like, okay, we kind of need to reset in our leadership or reset in our approach or reset now that we're new parents mm-hmm. of like, how are we going to communicate? What does that look like? When are we going to do that? So I would say recognizing one, I'm his biggest cheerleader, I'm his biggest fan, and we're on the same team. Like if sometimes if it feels like we're wearing different jerseys, that's the regroup moment of saying, we're on the same team, I've been hogging the ball, or hey, you've been hogging the ball, pass it. Like So when we're up on stage, it's just fun to just be able to be ourselves and who we are. And I would say that has just become something that early on, like we both said, like, we want to brand ourselves and it's not Josiah. And I told him this early on, I go, if you expect me to be, um, a pastor's wife, um, who's just going to sit back and let you run the show or be in the back seat and expect you to lead me, that's not who I am. I want to be in the thick of it with you. I want to be in the front seat with you. I want to know where we're going, what we're doing. And I want to be in tune with the Holy Spirit as we do that. And if you don't view me or if that's not what you're looking for in a teammate, because I have a strong personality, then what are we doing dating? Like, let's just be done now. <laughs> So understanding that early on and expressing that without scaring him, I think is something that I had to say right away of like, I know that I'm called. I know I'm called to the young adults. I know I'm called to be a pastor and I'm called to be um, a pastor's wife, if that's the case, but also a pastor myself. And I don't need the limelight. You don't need the limelight. And how are we going to brand ourselves as Micah and Josiah? So when people do see us and in front or behind the scene, we are who we are in both of those areas. So that's what I would say. And, and when Micah told me that too, by the way, it was like refreshing to me. You know, <laughs> I, I think that was just like awesome. It was good news to my ears, you know, to hear that. That was what I was looking for is somebody who had ideas of their own. And I just think that we're so much better together that way. So um, in light of that, Does that, that answer your yeah, question? did that answer your question? That was so good. Yeah. Oh man. And it's so much fun. So if you are desiring that, start praying for your future spouse. If you're single, if you are married, start working through your own stuff now so you can be stronger together. That's what I'd say to the listener today. (laughs) And Gabe were pretty young when we got, um, when we started dating and when we got married. So I probably didn't verbalize that very well, but (laughs) somehow we knew it works. (laughs) I love it. All right. So this is the fourth question, you guys. If you um, would be willing to share one of your embarrassing moments in ministry, what would one of those embarrassing moments be? It can be like a huge like failure or like what in the world was I thinking? Maybe your fly was down. I mean, it could be anything. <laughs> All right. So me and uh, Marissa were serving in kids church and uh, one of the kids was gluten free. And when Marissa left, I went to the bathroom for like two minutes. For two minutes, and then the girl who was gluten free was like, "Hey, hey, can we have some cookies?" I was like, "Oh, (laughs) heck yeah! Here's here's cookies for everybody." She ate it, 
And then uh, first thing when her mom came back, she's like, hey, I had some gluten-free cookies. Or no, I had, I had cookies that had gluten in it. And I was like, oh, dear Lord. And then her mom got mad, sent a like, bad email. And they were like, oh. going to leave the church. So I sent like a huge apology. But they didn't leave the church. So that's and good. we're still great friends with them. But now we have <laughs> only gluten-free snacks. So yeah, Gabe reformed our nursery. Yeah. So embarrassing moment turned. Yeah, it was good. Adapt. You're lucky it wasn't a peanut allergy game. You were lucky. God was on your side that day. <laughs> For real. And mine is uh, when we were leading our life group, um, we, well, we started the wrong video. And somehow neither of us realized it. Well, I went down to check on the kids. So really, I just didn't realize it. So we, like, played the entire video. And it was the wrong one. Someone finally raised their hand and we're like, um, that's not the week we're on. <laughs> After Gabe was like in the middle of sharing. And yeah. so, yeah, we both, maybe we had a late night with Eleanor. I don't know. But we were both pretty embarrassed. Yeah. It was the recap for all of them who fell asleep the last week, right? No. Right, yeah. <laughs> Probably. We knew that. We knew that. <laughs> See, embarrassing moments, we all have them. They're, they're fun looking back, and it's stressful maybe in the moment when you get the email or the cookie incident or, you know, you press play on the wrong video. Like, we've all been there. I've done a lot of those. And um, I would just ask you guys this. You can each answer it. You can answer it together, however you want to take this. But if you could share maybe one thought, maybe it's a piece of advice. It could be anything that you'd want to share with a group of college pastors and young adult leaders. What would you, what would you share with them today? Um, I would say that it kind of seems like young adult ministry is a little bit newer. Um, we're almost on the forefront of it, I would say. And I think of the youth pastors because I work with them in our district and they have such an amazing, huge group, um, a huge network that they, they're friends. They have, you know, big retreats that have been going on for years and years. They have groups and um, it's easy to find other friends in ministry and your stage of life to ask questions to and network with. I would encourage young adult pastors to try to find that, even though it's not quite as easily accessible, um, to try to find that in your community, in your state in your district, wherever it may be, it is so, 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 so important to have those friendships. Um, they help us grow in ministry, just someone to even ask questions to, and just that you can, you can network with and share struggles and share victories and things like that. So I would say just work hard to find a network that you can connect and um, just be with other pastors. And then mine is, Make sure that you guys attend the YA Today conference this spring. Yes. <laughs> um, my time got cut short this fall. <laughs> I got food poisoning. Don't go to Kigo in the mall. Um, but make sure you guys go. I absolutely love the first three quarters of my first day so, <laughs> this spring. And that's one of those places where you can find a network of other like-minded ministry leaders in, in young adults. So Absolutely. Hopefully we meet you there. That'll be awesome. I'm looking up the dates just because um, because I didn't know that you guys were going to go there. Uh, we do have it planned for 2021 in March, and it's subject to change because everything's subject to change. But if it were to happen today, God willing, let's pray that it can happen. We have March 5th and 6th, 2021. We haven't talked about it since the last one, but it's cool to hear that you guys obviously were there. That's where we met. Shay and McQuaid and just a ton of fun people. It is a great opportunity to network and connect. 
anything you'd say about that? No, I just think it's like you just said, it's fun to meet other young people who are passionate about what God is doing, passionate about reaching young adults, passionate about, you know, increasing their ability to learn. I mean, you find people, we look for star leaders and you don't know who the next staff person could be walking through those doors looking to land something because they're only a volunteer at that time. Right. So we look for spirit led people, teachable, available and reliable. So you have, you could be face to face with those people at your round table conversations. You can meet the speakers, you get some amazing worship. So it's definitely been a fun, small, intimate setting, but definitely worthwhile. So we look forward to hopefully 2021 being a success, just like, pre-COVID last year or this last that year. That was the last <laughs> event I think that took place on planet earth before COVID-19 <laughs> b- broke out. I, I, had, so I thought I had COVID. I was like, oh dear Lord, is growing up a symptom? Turns out it's no, not. It's so. not. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hopefully Marissa and the team got some good notes for you, Gabe, to just get you back on track and <laughs> you didn't miss out too much then. <laughs> It's amazing. Well, what a fun time. Gabe and Marissa, thanks for joining us today, for sharing about Watermark Young Adults, for sharing about each other, yourselves, and just your passion for ministry, you guys. For sure. Yeah, it was really our honor and privilege to be here with you. Thanks for thinking of us and starting the conversation. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Oh, you bet. And if you're listening and you fi- want to find out more about Gabe and Marissa Thomas, Watermark Young Adults, or Watermark Church, you can connect with us on our website at youngadults.today. You could register for the conference there as well. And um, also across social media platforms, you can watch the show notes and listen to this podcast is at Young Adults Today. Until next time, this is Josiah and Micah signing off with Gabe and Marissa. Thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Plug me in. I'm getting charged up right now, yeah.